0: Welcome to the show, Pinky. Oh my God, thank you. (laughs) you welcome. How are you? I'm good. How's life?
1: Life is good. Yeah? Yeah, all is well. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> Thank you for nice. having
1: me and congratulations on season two.
0: Thank you. Well done. <laughs> um, how would you really consider yourself a health nut?
1: Um, I think as I am getting older, I'm becoming more aware of my body, so um, being healthy is mm. not really an option, it's more of a lifestyle.
0: Mm. So, cause like from your Instagram, mm-hmm. I normally see the recipes of like the juices mm-hmm. and the dawahs. Yeah. So since you mentioned that it's as you're getting older, mm-hmm. when exactly was the switch? And is there anything specific that triggered it?
1: So I remember when I was trying to conceive,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, if you Google it, it's TTC. That's what they say, <laughs> TTC, I'm trying to conceive. And I was, you know, I went through four miscarriages and I couldn't mm-hmm. understand what was going on there. And it was only when I changed my diet is Mm -hmm. when I actually carried healthy pregnancies. Mm -hmm. So there was, of course, some relation to that, but no doctor told me this. It was something that I found out on my own. Mm -hmm. So the more natural I went in regards to my foods is how I was able to conceive and carry a baby to term. Mm -hmm.
0: That is really interesting.
1: But that was just, you know, my research in my thirties. In my forties, yeah. I, you know, I have become more aware of my menstruation cycle. I've become more aware of what's going on in my gut because your gut is where all your health lies. And again, we have not been taught this. Yeah. It's something that I am teaching myself, and therefore spreading the awareness using my platforms. Yeah. So you you have to understand that your gut is your second brain. A lot of us are suffering from depression. We're unhappy. We're moody. We're irritable, yeah. and we don't understand. It's because of the foods that we are consuming. There are toxins all around us. You know, we're breathing in toxins constantly, um, and we're applying. Sometimes the creams, the the makeup products that we have have chemicals. They go into our system, and so you know we really need to look after how we detox, and it starts with the gut. Yeah. So yeah.
0: So how long did it take to conceive?
1: Um, so with uh, with my first born, it was three years before mm-hmm. I had her. But this is now intentionally trying and then after her i had another miscarriage and i just thought okay i'm being greedy i know i shouldn't want another one so i stopped trying it was not something that you know we wanted like on purpose yeah but when she started telling me she's like god told me you have a baby in your belly yeah that's what she'd say at three years old yeah god told me god told me so for one week she kept saying this every morning so i went and did a blood test Mm And fair enough, I was one week pregnant.
0: Oh, my God. That has to be, like, the coolest story ever. So
1: cool. I mean, like, when kids talk to you, really listen to them. Because they are very connected. And Mm -hmm. they, you know, they have truth in what they say.
0: Awesome. I think now you can go ahead and read for us your letter.
1: Okay. Dear 25-year-old me, wow. You just got crowned Miss Indy Kenya. And for the next decade, your name is going to become a household name in Kenya at least. Babe, let's demystify some shit. Your mom is not a superhero. She will go through a very human experience that will change her life and yours. So spend more time with her, tell her you love her and value her. Tell her to teach you everything about a mother, about being a mother rather, and show you her recipes. Your body deserves your love and acceptance at every phase. She has carried a lot, including trauma from childhood and teen years and is about to endure so much more. Also, your gut is so important. People-pleasing does not suit you. Familiarity is not always good. It breeds contempt. Love is beautiful and ugly. Be prepared with others and yourself. Not everything you eat, apply, and surround yourself with is good for you. Toxins are everywhere. Go more natural. Friends are not going to offer you what you want, what you offer them. Everyone has a reason. Don't take their words or actions personally. Family is not always related by, to you by blood, and that's okay. You will get through this. One thing I need you to do is not lose, your, lose yourself in the next 20 years because your world is going to continue to change in ways you could never imagine. Just remember who you are and know that I'm proud of you and I love you
0: on <laughs> <laughs> that was really such a warm letter. Yeah. If um, I can take you back to the first time you sat down to write the letter, mm-hmm. what was it like? What the emotions were you going through? What was the mood?
1: I mean, just I would have liked to have somebody tell me this. Mm-hmm. Of course, when I was younger, I wish somebody had said, "Listen, these are the realities of life." I think a lot of the times we sugarcoat stuff. We, we try to pacify people and not show them real life happens. Yeah. And real life sometimes, sorry to keep using this word, is shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know. Um, I, th- I also feel that until you experience something, you will never really know it. So somebody may give you advice. Somebody may say, okay, this and this and this. But until you experience it, you don't understand yeah, it. You're like, yeah, yeah, you're like, yeah whatever, I can, do it, <laughs> I can do it better. I can do it differently. Yeah. Um, so the emotions were me talking to myself as a, as a younger sister. Yeah. Um, and you know, we're, we always want to protect our younger siblings. We always want to protect our children as yeah. well. But like I said, until they go through it, uh, your role is to just stand by, observe, and be there and support. Wow,
0: okay. so Miss India, Kenya.
1: Yeah.
0: How did you get into pageantry? I was
1: a model. Mm-hmm. I was already on the catwalk. Mm-hmm. And one of the very few Asians to do that at that time. So when this pageant came along, the first person everybody called was me. You need to do this, you yeah. need to do this. And I thought this would be my big break into Bollywood. Because <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to be an actress. And I was like, yeah, 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 because you know, at that time the trend was anybody who was winning um, a worldwide crown, mm-hmm. um, like Miss World, Miss Universe, was being given a break, especially if she's Indian, yeah. into Bollywood. So I thought, yes, this is this is my opportunity. I have been grounded since then, mm-hmm. especially by my daughter. <laughs> who, when I celebrated 20 years of being Miss India, Kenya, she was like, yeah, but what made you better than everyone? <laughs> and I was like, oh, actually, what What did? Yeah, I, I cannot say there was one thing mm-hmm. because, you know, I've taught my daughter not to compare herself to anyone else. So for me to be celebrating the fact that I was compared to others and I yeah. was better than others um, is is hypocritical. So I think I've evolved as well from that.
0: Yeah. yeah. So I personally don't know much about pageants. Like uh-huh. the most I've said there's this show on TLC that used to come like the young pageant girls that oh, are from girl. Texas. Yeah. And then um, they had their moms there and they always had cut fights in between mm-hmm. the moms. So is the pageant scene in Kenya the same way?
1: I mean, it's competition, right? Mm-hmm. When you pit people against one another, there will be uh, bitchiness, bitterness, mm-hmm. um, a lot of shady things going on behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I think we have evolved from where I was and how I participated in the pageants, mm-hmm. and there is a lot more camaraderie now. Mm-hmm. I don't know. People um, seem nicer. People seem nice. We have. Changed yeah. as a people, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, so also the pageant um, platforms have changed. I feel that, that it's not um, as celebrated, mm-hmm. if you will. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, yeah. So you won that. So <laughs> no, What's no
0: idea. No, I you a you CEO
1: of a company or so things like that's more uh-huh. or you know, did you run ten thousand meters in the gold mm-hmm.
0: That's okay. what we're celebrating now. So once you get the crown, you get the title, then what do you do with it? What happens? What does it mean? What responsibilities is it with? Um,
1: for me, I created my own responsibilities because I was not told by the secretary yet what to do next. Mm-hmm. And because I really wanted to use this platform to make a difference, I went out there and started championing different causes. I used it, uh, you know, I, I partnered with Miss Kenya at that time, mm-hmm. it, was, it was a very beautiful journey yeah. for us, you know, and we did, I think we did uh, manage to shine light on many different causes, a lot of, uh, we worked with a lot of different children's homes, we traveled uh, all over Kenya, mm-hmm. it was, it, like I said, for me it was beautiful yeah. uh, to be able to use that platform to change the lives of hopefully Many people.
0: Do you think it propelled your
1: career in way? Uh, we were in the paper almost on a daily basis, mm-hmm. you know. So yes, because uh, it did propel my career. Because you can imagine, you know, being seen constantly, uh, then becoming a household name, as I said in yeah. my letter. Um, then being able to uh, pick up the phone and say, Hi, this is Pinky Kilani. It just opens doors. Yeah. Um, and I remember I was once at a fundraising, and he wasn't the president yet, but you know, he, he was like, oh, and Miss India Kenya Pinky is here.
0: Hey, Pinky, hey, this is a and I'm
1: like, yeah. hi.
0: Hey. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> you know we know each other. Yeah,
1: um, it was it was just nice for people to be able to just know. know my name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay,
0: so now speaking of careers, yeah, after now Miss India Kenya, did you ever go after the acting dream or what I happened? I did.
1: Yet? I went to India, mm-hmm. um, but this was much later. I think um, uh, I was. Almost thirty mm-hmm. when when I decided, okay, now I'm going to take this opportunity and, and go, um, but it was it was hard, it mm-hmm. was really hard. I didn't know anyone in India, so starting from from the bottom, yeah. and you can imagine now I'm in a country where there are a billion people
0: mm-hmm.
1: a quarter of those are maybe my age, more beautiful, more talented, more hungry, mm-hmm. who want this this you know this career. And it is, you know, there are spaces that are dark. So I did fall into those spaces once or twice. And I was just like, ooh, this is not for me. Yeah. So the casting couch is real. You know, there are places where you're offered something and then you show up for the shoot and it's not what, you, what you've agreed on. So um, I just thought that's the universe's way of telling me, this is not for you, <laughs> you know, stop, yeah. go home, go away. And um, that's when I decided to come back and get married.
0: Oh, so (laughs) the radio was before or after the acting?
1: It was before. Radio was before, before, yeah. Ah, so what
0: did you get into after you got back home?
1: I I got back. I just, um, you know, I was doing my media work and we got into the print media side of it. So Mm -hmm. Carol Mundy called me and she's like, what are you doing? I was like, nothing. She's like, come. Do some work for me at Drum Magazine, a True Love magazine. So that's where I started working. And then Chris Kirubi called me back again to Capital. Mm-hmm. And um, that I really wanted to do. I wanted to do the breakfast show, but it didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just was doing the print media side of it.
0: Okay. Yeah. So I think by now we all know about how important. A brand is, like yes. especially if you are your own brand. Yeah. Um, what would you say is the difference between your brand when you were the 25-year-old pageant girl versus now?
1: Um, what is there a difference? Mm. That's a great question. Great question. I don't know if I can say that there's much of a difference mm-hmm. because my my brand has always been that. that it, I wanted to I wanted it to always be a strong brand. I always wanted to be wanted it to be a reputable brand. Mm-hmm. I always wanted it to be a brand that is a force to be reckoned with. In the sense that, you know, what what I was doing at that time, I wanted it to continue. Um, and then it's a brand that should be able to leave a legacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I feel that, if anything. Um, that is different is maybe that it 's um, stronger mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to me as a person and a wiser brand but um I've always had a vision on, on what my brand or me as a person is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. So um in your letter you mentioned the childhood traumas and also trauma in your teenagehood. Would yeah. you want to tell us a bit about that? Sure,
1: absolutely. So I lost my dad when I was six mm. and that was just, you know, very hard for me to sort of come to terms with. As a teenager I was bullied in school mm. which was again very, very difficult. And um I'm so glad I was brought up with two brothers, because that's a masculine energy, you know. Yeah. I used to come home and be like, I got bullied. And they're like, okay, let's, let me show you how to punch a person. <laughs> so then I developed a, a chip on my shoulder. So mm-hmm. anybody would look at me the wrong way, way I would go and punch them. <laughs> I'm not joking. Yeah. I'm not joking. Uh, yeah, so then I, you know, I had to get myself out of that sort of uh, phase as well. Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, these are the traumas that I feel that also made me. You know, I recognize them. I'm not afraid to talk about them. I will always um, share stories because I I feel sharing stories heals us. Mm -hmm. And this is when, you know, like when my dad died, when my brother died, I was 17 years old. Mm -hmm. There was no therapy at that time. 1993 is when I lost my brother. Nobody was saying, "Oh, go for therapy." Everybody was like, "I'm sorry, be strong for your mother."
0: Even therapy, it was for Crazy people people. Are going nuts. Yeah. yeah.
1: So you know, um, I had to find a way out of it and heal yeah. my pain. Yeah.
0: In what ways would you say that that trauma has affected you now?
1: Well, like I said, for me, it's about sharing the stories i feel like uh today i can be a um a better friend mm-hmm. a better wife a better daughter and a better mother um and even a be- better public personality because i i empathize mm-hmm. i understand yeah. um you know uh recently my my husband's uncle died and that's the first death they've seen in the family um. and I was able to just even play therapist. Mm -hmm. I know therapists will be like, oh, you can't be a therapist. (laughs) Um, But, you know, just be able to say, okay, this is, I understand what you're going through. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. you will feel like this, you will feel like that. So this is how I feel like it's helped me help others, if you will, yeah. Okay,
0: Um, you also talk a bit about friends yeah Yeah. so would you consider yourself a loyal friend
1: i am a die hard loyal friend die hard in fact that's why i say in the letter that friends will not be who you are Mm -hmm. um because i am loyal to the t and i've been let down Mm -hmm. in so many ways and i mean I'm not going to point fingers or point any blame because I also feel that you you attract things in your life. <laughs> yeah. So I've attracted some very difficult lessons, mm-hmm. um, but I am a loyal friend. I I really really value my friends. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So you definitely would say that the same loyalty has not always been extended to you. Yeah? No,
1: definitely not.
0: And how how does that make you feel as a person who? you know, is basically a diehard. Yeah, I
1: mean, like, you question yourself. You're like, okay, what's wrong with me? How come, you know, my friends seem to do this to me? What's Mm -hmm. going on in my world? And again, you know, I think that I've always taught myself is take responsibility for what's going on around you. So I always internalize. I always sort of question myself first. Did I do something wrong? Did I let someone else down? Um, And I, I also think that people um perceive you as they are mm-hmm. so i perceive others like you should be loyal because yeah. i'm loyal yeah. but you know they if they think like she's manipulating me which i have been accused of mm-hmm. sometimes by friends and that's their perception of themselves you yeah. being Big projected, projected. Yeah. yeah so yeah mm-hmm
0: would you say when you were younger um you were always concerned with whether or not people liked you? of course yeah. of course and
1: you know it it was um something that maybe i let go of even as recently as six years ago mm-hmm. i was a people pleaser and i think that is a trauma response as well you want people to like you 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 know and then i'm a public person and then i'm yeah. a beauty queen huh Like me, please. Um, So it affected me when people didn't, Mm -hmm. and it it shocked me. (laughs) It's like, what do you mean you don't like me? How could you do this to me? Uh, Now it's like, whatever. Um, I I like myself.
0: Yeah, but (laughs) why, why in the first place, would you think that they may not like you?
1: Um, How do you mean?
0: Because. um, were you to be concerned um, whether or not they like me, it means that there is the chance that they don't. Okay.
1: Yeah. So I think that came from the bullying in school. Mm -hmm. So like my entire class ganged up against me. Why? I really wish I understood why. If I go back, I I think also um, a trauma response is blocking memories. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what went wrong, what happened there. I remember once a friend of mine stomped on the ground. This was... Soon after my father died, so you can imagine, six, seven, eight years old, yeah. and she said, "I'm stepping on your father." Oh
0: my god! Yeah, children I, are horrible.
1: <laughs> I still see that in my head, you know. Yeah. And then um, what happened? And my mom told me once. I was like, you know, mom, the the girls are not being so nice to me. She's like, hang out with the boys. She just told me that, <laughs> you know, just yeah, <laughs> hang out with the boys. And because I was brought up by boys, yeah. it was an easier energy for me to get along with. So I used to hang out with the boys and I think that pissed the girls off even, yeah, even more. more yeah. You know, So they all ganged up against me. It got really bad. I had to ask my mom to pull me out of school. I sat my O-levels privately mm-hmm. because I was miserable going to. And I'm glad that she heard me yeah. because I don't know what frame of mind I was in. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't recall, but I do recall her hearing me, taking me out of school, allowing me to sit my O-levels privately.
0: Yeah, so you would say that um, being a people pleaser, then it came from just not wanting to be bullied. It's like, maybe let me try and be nice, let me do what you guys want me to do, then the bullying might stop. Exactly, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. So what triggered the, when you say it's a couple of years now, Mm -hmm. and you're like, you know what, no. Yeah, like to hell with all Enough.
1: of me. I'm yeah. done, I'm done. <laughs> um, my mom had a stroke mm-hmm. and it happened right in front of my eyes. So, you know, in the letter, I say that she's not a superhero. In my eyes, my mother was my superhero. Mm-hmm. She brought me up from the age of six, she went through everything with me bullying, um, exams, uh, boyfriends, um, in law issues, miscarriages. Yeah. Yeah career you know she was my backbone so when i saw her crumble mm-hmm. my world stopped she is now paralyzed and unable to speak because of this stroke mm-hmm. and you know sometimes when i pull pull her oh, sorry push her around in a mall in a wheelchair i'm like is this really you know it's surreal i'm yeah. like is this really my reality um You know, when I talk to her about things, do you remember when and she can't remember? It breaks my heart a little bit. And that reality, and that's why I'm saying, uh, reality can sometimes be very shitty. This is the reality that made me understand that when you put your boundaries up Mm -hmm. and when you understand that self-love is the first thing that you need to do for you, Mm -hmm. and that means letting go of what people think of you letting go of people pleasing letting go of everything that you have taught yourself um that is what i had to go through this is when i saw my mom go through what she went through yeah Yeah. oh
0: that's that's like,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, and that's why I feel like for me, I do believe that the universe is constantly talking to you. And I say this a lot, even on my social media platforms. When you need to learn something, the universe will give you a tap, yeah. give you a nudge. If you are not listening, the universe will shove you into a very rude awakening. Mm-hmm. And this was my rude awakening. My mother is my teacher, you know, and I'm grateful to her because of her, I've been able to think differently, live differently, show myself love, show my, put myself first.
0: It's actually really interesting that you've mentioned that because in season one, John Allen's um, episode, he said the same thing because at the time I was turning 25 mm-hmm. and I told him all older people who are coming are writing a letter to their 25 year old wow. self. So I feel like you people are trying to tell me something and he told me the same thing. He was like, if you think they're telling you something, then you should listen. Yes. There might be a message somewhere y- You know, somewhere things, in comes,
1: things come in threes. Mm-hmm. Um, so signs come in threes, messages come in threes. If it comes more than that, then you're lucky yeah. because the universe is still being kind. Before your rude awakening, <laughs> you must listen.
0: listen yeah. So you also mentioned that your mother was like your teacher Is there anything that you feel like or that you wish that she could have taught you? Yeah. Yeah. You know,
1: I I once had a conversation with her before her stroke and I said, Mom, why didn't you teach me your, you know, your cooking style? She's like, because I always used to watch you come home from work and you were always tired. I didn't want to pull you into the kitchen Mm -hmm. as well. You know, I didn't want to burden you with that. And, um, you know, the few times that I cooked with my mom, we'd always end up fighting. Mm -hmm. You know, she'd be like, no, 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 (laughs) no. Walk away. (laughs) Um, So I really wish that I had learned her recipes because Mm -hmm. she was a phenomenal cook, as most of our mothers are. Um, And, you know, sometimes when I'm bringing up my kids, I look for her voice. Mm -hmm. I silence myself and I think, what would she have told me in this moment? Because I know she's, she must have said it in our many conversations, yeah. that this is what you do when you're bringing up your child or your mm. daughter when she's about to be a teenager. So I try and really listen to that voice. Yeah.
0: Okay, so now let's talk a bit about content creation. Because mm-hmm. you're a content creator as yeah. well. Would you say um, there is aspects of people-pleasing in content creation as Absolutely. Well? Oh, my God. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, my God.
1: It's whole, why do you think I have so much gray hair? <laughs> this is because of content creation and, and being a mom of two kids who I, continuously fight. Yeah. <laughs> um, so social media is, is different, right? Mm. It's very different for, for my generation, which is Generation X. Uh, we were never taught to take photos of ourselves, be... A lot of the times when I talk to my generation, they call it showing off. Mm -hmm. But the younger generations have understood it, mastered it better, and know how to execute it. So for me, it was a learning process. I had to understand how to do it in order to become a part of it. I'm still learning. Mm -hmm. Um, But then when you see likes, views, comments, all this sort of affect you, yeah. I had to disconnect. I, had to, I have to continuously remind myself to stop making that something that will validate me. Going back to this whole thing of stop people-pleasing, yeah. stop caring, do you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I always ask myself as a 46-year-old, yeah. if it is affecting me, what will it do to my kids? Mm-hmm. Because it will be their reality it is inevitable. Yeah. Sometimes they, you know, cuz sometimes i post them and their friends see them and they're like, "Oh, your your mom got 20,000 views with your video in, in on TikTok." Mm-hmm. And she, you know, my daughter will come home and say that and i'm like, "Don't celebrate it." <laughs> yeah. It's not it's not a big deal because tomorrow we'll get two views or, and you know, what,
0: happened what you happens what
1: happens then. Yeah. You know, so i'm always sort of like i guess <laughs> i i always try and tell myself my um living experience is a mm-hmm. lesson for many people because yeah. I feel like I'm always teaching people through my experiences and I think whatever I go through online is for me to be able to teach my children mm-hmm. how to manage it and so I'm okay with yeah. being a guinea pig right now I'm like ooh, sometimes it does <laughs> bust the ego because I'm a human being after all you mm-hmm. know I, I do have a bit of an ego, and um yeah, but then I always come back to the fact that I'm doing it because I feel it's my purpose, yeah. you know? There is a book by uh, Gary Zukav, The Seat of the Soul, and it's like if you are not living your purpose, your personality will continuously be, uh, uh, continually be unhappy. Yeah,
0: true.
1: Uh, so, you know, I need to be happy, and yeah. I feel this is my purpose. Whether it resonates with one person, 15,000 people, two million people, that is not in my control. Mm-hmm. I just do my thing and like I said for me it's to teach I feel like whatever I go through I need to teach my the people that I can not only <laughs> my children but whoever's yeah. gonna listen yeah
0: and you also speak about your chosen family in mm-hmm. your letter. who are these who are your chosen family members? um
1: so you know like I grew up uh, my my mom was a second wife mm-hmm. and my father had a huge has a huge family, huge huge family. So cousins and blah blah blah, who we never knew. Growing up because yeah. the family never accepted my mum, uh, or they accepted it. Uh, they accepted her uh, conditionally, on condition. Um, and when he died, it was like, okay, we're done with this, these people. Yeah. We're not even in my father's family tree. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Like, who does that? Why are you so, what what happened in your childhood? Why are you so bitter? Mm -hmm. Um, But whatever. Uh, So I never had those cousins, those big friends.
0: How do you remove (laughs) people from a family tree? Do they just decide um, we don't want any relation? I don't
1: know. Okay. We need to, maybe those are the people you need to talk to. (laughs) (laughs) They need to write letters to themselves and sort of check themselves. I don't know. Uh, everybody goes through their own journey, I guess, you know. And I can't speak for my parents. They did what they did. Mm -hmm. You know, we're here uh, as a consequence of of them being married. Whatever happened in their past, it's not... I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, But I can only tell you what the facts that I know and how I have been treated. And this is how I have been treated. So, you know, there was never family gatherings. There was never any big family reunions, mm-hmm. when their weddings uh, were thought of last. I've never been a part of a big family, so mm-hmm. I think I was always craving that. So when I married my husband, who also has a huge family, it never came. Mm-hmm. It never. There was never a certain acceptance because <clears throat> from what I feel, again, it's an assumption, it's because I'm not the same religion, mm-hmm. Uh, this has been said to my kids, so yeah. this is where I, I base this off of. <laughs> oh, my earring. Um, so you know, it's um, it's family are not always related to you by blood.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I have found family in friends. I have found family even online. I found family who support me, and, and they're not even people that. You, who look like me, who have yeah. genes, you know? So that's what I mean. And I had huge expectations of family. And that's why now I'm very protective of my family, mm-hmm. mm, especially my children. Because of what I've been through, I will not let extended family, because that's what they are. Yeah. You know, their family by default, not by anything else, hurt them.
0: Yeah, oh, Love. Love, love. (laughs) What would you say is the ugly side of love that you were referring to?
1: Um, The ugly side, let me start with Mm self-love. The ugly side is getting to know your toxic traits Mm -hmm. and uh, sitting with your demons, learning their names and um, understanding why they're there. That's the ugly. It's hard. It's hard to do that. Mm -hmm. Love in relationships, the ugly side of love in relationships is doing the same with your partner, Mm -hmm. understanding their toxic traits, understanding whether that's something that you want to be with, live with, because we're all toxic, let's not deny it, right? Um, And then sitting with uh, them so that they can understand their demons Mm -hmm. and helping them either evolve or grow or understand, as opposed to just pointing blame. So, you know, there was a, a moment when Raj's father died and to see him grieve was hard, Yeah, it was hard for me to to lose the happiness, the, you know, the, the, the fun part of my husband, like, yeah. oh my God, even if it was for a short time, mm-hmm. because we are impatient as human beings, like, come on, I, I need my life to go back to normal. So again, you know, going back to my journey and, and my loss, my grief, I could empathize, so I could sit with him mm-hmm. in his darkness, even if... I didn't say anything. Yeah. I had the patience to be able to be like, I'm here. Now, because he, you know, didn't know or probably couldn't understand. I remember when my mom went through her stroke and I was grieving.
0: Yeah.
1: He couldn't understand what I was grieving because your mother is right there. Mm-hmm. But I was grieving the fact that she may not fully come back.
0: It's some kind of loss.
1: It is a loss. And, you know, it was different, it was different. So even growing through that, growing through our miscarriages Mm -hmm. and how he took it and how I took it and how maybe, you know, when we were going to doctors, it could have been a he problem or a me problem or an us problem. There was one point we were asked, are you guys related? (laughs) We looked at each other like, (laughs) no. But you see, like, all of this, is, mm-hmm. there is an ugly side to it. There is, a, there is a harsh side to it. When I talk about his family not accepting me, but him standing by my side for him,
0: yeah.
1: it is painful. Mm-hmm. It, is, it is hard for him to, to see that his kids are d- treated differently. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is something that we grow through together. So that is what I talk about. That's what I mean when I say there is an ugly side to love. Yeah. Um, that, again, going back to what I started the show with, re- reality is shit.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think um, even what you've talked about just requires a lot of self-awareness. Yeah. <laughs> and being self-aware and being honest with yourself, it's actually really hard. Yeah, and
1: that's so, it. And that's yeah. you know going back to the self-love mm-hmm. and that journey because it is a, such an important journey. Before you can love anyone or anything, you must love yourself. And yeah. that means loving yourself and being aware of, of how you present yourself, your traumas, what you need to heal in order to offer yourself mm-hmm. as a whole human being.
0: And what about the beautiful side of love?
1: Oh, the beautiful side, the laughter, yeah. the joy, the, the fact that you can procreate and bring to life, you know, these beautiful beings, or even adopt animals and, and have them, because we've done that, we, yeah. you know, we have this. Um, you know, there's love, love of, not necessarily your partner, but friends that you can mm-hmm. laugh with and just laugh. I remember I've had conversations with friends where we, it's an eight hour, just laughter fest, yeah. if you will. Um, there's love of now showing my mother, sitting with her in her silence, mm-hmm. and that love, um, there's so much beauty in being present. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I think a lot of the times we forget. I was having a conversation with my son this morning, and again, you know, this whole thing of, you're not Sikh, what are you, Mama? Um, and I-, I told him, religion is not, it's not important. Mm-hmm. Religion is not why you should differentiate people. What you should from a person, is are they kind? Do they offer the energy of God, which is love? Mm-hmm. And like, God doesn't teach us to sh- see differences, God teaches us one energy, and that is love, and that is the beautiful side of it.
0: That's, that's really beautiful, yeah. as well. Um, what are some lessons you've learned about love, like, throughout your life?
1: Um, it's not superficial. It's not on the surface. It's really, love is very deep. When you say you love someone, there's a lot of depth in that word. And, you know, we say it now. You know, I love you, love you, babe. Mm-hmm. Love you, love me, whatever. Love you, thanks for watching. All this thing. There's so much depth in that word that we've taken it so lightly. We've just made it, we've made T-shirts about it, or whatever, love. Yeah. But it is, you know, and words are energy. Words are spells. Mm-hmm. So yeah, keep saying it, keep on, because it is a beautiful word, but understand that, Mm -hmm. that it has a lot of depth.
0: Do you think this lesson has affected how you receive love and how you give it?
1: Absolutely. I mean, for me, you know, um, the first person I love is me. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And that, with the depth of the word, with the fact that it is ugly and beautiful as well, once i understand once you understand anything Mm -hmm. that's how you can give it out um that's how you're able to say okay yeah that's that's love coming to me because you understand it it's not just like um here's a flower i love you yeah you know that you may want to believe that
0: yeah he loves me
1: (laughs) because he gave me a red rose but you know the energy you know and your body will always know the energy we are energetic magnetic beings we are vibrational uh love is a vibration so you always feel when it's coming to you genuinely Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: you'll always be able to reciprocate
0: now let's talk a bit about your cycle yeah Mm -hmm. um was there anything that at a young age you thought was normal about your cycle and then you grew old and you were like, hold on, maybe this is not exactly Yeah, I mean,
1: irregular cycles, Mm -hmm. you're just like, um, one thing that we need to stop saying is that a period is dirty. Mm -hmm. It's not. When a woman is on her period, she is the most potent, most powerful being. Mm -hmm. And I think we have been taught to forget this. And I was having the period conversation with my daughter mm-hmm. and she was like, ew, I was like, it's not you. Mm-hmm. Do not say that because you have to understand how powerful you are. I mean, this is the blood that would create a being.
0: Yeah.
1: Can you imagine? And mm-hmm. we have been taught to discard it, to turn away from it, uh, to think that it's just ew. Um So I feel like we need to be teaching. I wish someone had taught me this when I was younger: yeah. how to honor my period, how to honor that cycle, that part of my life, um, or the 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 duration during that month. How to honor yourself mm-hmm. during that time, um, and I'm doing that now as. Uh, You know, every time I get my period, I'm like, yay, look at (laughs) me. And it always coincides with the full moon. So I'm like, I am a witch. (laughs) I am so powerful. (laughs) Um, But I feel like, you know, we have been taught to forget as women how Mm. powerful we are. Um, We move in cycles just like the moon, just like, you know, the elements, the earth, etc. So we have to be able to honor ourselves. You can't just say... Oh, with hormones, yeah. oh, that's, you know, whatever. Honor, honor yourself at every stage and phase. And I said this in the, in the letter as well. Um, your period is beautiful. Mm-hmm. It, it's, yes, it's old blood and it's, it's stuff coming out of your body, yeah, but it actually is very powerful. And if you, yeah. if you Google, if you find out more about it um, on your own, then you'll be like, oh, wow, mm-hmm. we have been misinformed.
0: I actually need the next time I'm going to check whether mine also coincides with the full. Yeah. Maybe like, which sisters? Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. It's like, ah. Oh. <laughs>
1: but it's, I mean, like, of course, it continues to move. Yeah. Um, because, you know, but I cannot tell you that in my 40s, I am the most regular 28 days, and I'm like, boom. Yeah. Like, even my husband's like, two days before my period, I'm like yelling at everyone. He's like, okay, your period's <laughs> it's coming. On, its, on its way. Um, so I think, I wish I had known this before. Yes. Maybe my miscarriages wouldn't have happened. Again, it's just just honoring your body and understanding what it goes through and what is natural. A period is natural,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's natural and normal. We must teach our girls, we must teach our boys.
0: Okay. So you definitely say that the irregular periods definitely had something to do with the miscarriages?
1: I mean, we were, you know, in my teen years, my 20s, uh, I remember just not wanting a period. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, God, if it doesn't come, even better. If it's a little drop, oh, good, phew, you know? That was good. That was a good period. No, it wasn't. That's abnormal. So I don't know if it had anything to do with, because I feel like we're consistently changing. Mm -hmm. So what happened in those 10 or 15 years maybe didn't impact what happened in my 30s with my miscarriages. But I feel like what we are eating, Mm -hmm. and I'll go back to that, what we are eating is affecting us. It's affecting our health, it is affecting our, our hormones, it's affecting our period, so for sure. What you eat, you know, they say your body is your temple. Yeah. And um, you are, they say you are what you eat, but I'd rather say you are what you digest.
0: Yeah. That's awesome because then it goes further than diet for the body. It's the mind as
1: well. Everything, you know, it balances your hormones. It regulates your period. It allows you to conceive healthily. All these things, your your food.
0: So now as we start to wind up, Mm -hmm. what would you say is the biggest mistake you've made in your life?
1: Um, Just one? (laughs) (laughs) You can give us more. Many. (laughs) Um, I think trusting the wrong people, Mm -hmm. that's definitely something I, I beat myself up about, trusting, being very An open book. I really am an open book, as you can see. I I don't mind talking about anything. Uh, The other mistake. Mistake. I think just that, actually. I know I said I, I may have had a few mistakes, but no. I think that's one of the mistakes, but I also feel like... When you say that there is a mistake, you're not taking responsibility. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel everything I have done, every step I've made has molded me to the person I am today. So I have to own it. Yeah. Mistakes and all.
0: So no regrets?
1: No, absolutely none. None.
0: None. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, thank you. So we normally do this this thing on the podcast Mm -hmm. where now you wrote a letter to your 25-year-old self. So I want to do like... let's call it a capsule sort of thing where I have messages for you guys but in like 10 years' time.
1: So in
0: like 10 years, I can come back and I'm like, Pinky, here is a message from like 10 years ago. Okay. So I guess you can look at...
1: So I'm talking to my
0: 56-year-old self. Exactly, so give her a message. Girl,
1: Girl. okay. So this is a lot of pressure because I have no preparation for it. Um, But what I'd like to tell you is to continue on this journey. Um, continue on finding out who you are because you you keep on unpeeling and unlayering that. And um, I'm sure that you will continue to live in your authenticity. I have no doubt about that. I wonder if this gray hair that you have at the moment will ever get dyed because right now you're not in the mood to dye it. So let's see in 10 years what you look like, especially when it comes to, this. you know, everyone's like, dye your hair, <laughs> especially Indian aunties. I'm like, no, I'm okay with this for now. Um, I think career wise, you should have written a book by now. I, I hope that the book or couple are out by now and, um, your speaking career will really, really thrive. Um, I look forward to watching this in another 10 years and hopefully not cringing too much at what I've just said. All the best, babe.
0: <laughs> awesome so if in the next couple of years i don't see a book i'll be like
1: i know i know it'll be like we're we're waiting what if i just said to myself
0: <laughs> we're all waiting for the book but thank yeah. you so much no for thank you thank
1: you I very really much i really
0: appreciate it you were very open i feel like i've also learned a couple of things and i have couple of things to go do further research on just to get more info sure so i really really appreciate it no thank you for our guys watching at home if you have gotten this far thank you so so much for watching don't forget to like comment share and if you're new to this channel please subscribe down below for new videos every week always remember to work hard and have good intentions bye guys